This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 17th of May. In your Squiz today, seismic changes afoot in Europe, the PM's warning on voting independent, COVID explodes in North Korea, and the big bird bandits avoid jail. This is your Squiz today. There are historic changes underway in Europe right now, with Finland and Sweden confirming that they want to sign up to NATO. The announcement amounts to a coup for Western Europe and North America, and another blow for Russia after its invasion of Ukraine. Claire, it amounts to a big shift in policy for the Nordic countries, but not all NATO members are happy about it. No, and that's important because all NATO members have to be happy about it if it's going to happen. Uh, they all have to agree to new members signing up. Uh, The country that is unhappy about uh, Finland and Sweden uh, coming on board is Turkey. Its president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, has said uh, that he's opposed to their membership at this point in time. And that's because those countries support Kurdish militant groups uh, that are on Turkey's border or within Turkey. And Erdogan considers them to be terrorists. So there's some issues to be resolved there. Uh, And certainly the leaders of some countries and NATO think that that's able to be overcome. Uh, Just on Finland and Sweden joining, it ends more than 200 years of Swedish neutrality. Uh, Also, Finland has been unaligned since World War II. They're two countries that throughout the Cold War particularly uh, and everything else that has happened uh, really in the last few decades have been able to stay neutral. So it really is a sign about how vulnerable they're feeling. Uh, What analysts say is that Russian President Vladimir Putin has become someone who they see as unpredictable and unreliable, and they're concerned about war. And before the Ukraine invasion, President Putin made it clear that he believed NATO was designed to chip away at Russia's power. So perhaps, Claire, it's no surprise that Russia isn't thrilled about this news. Yeah, and of course, these sorts of steps Uh, in Putin's mind, analysts say, just proves that theory that NATO is out to get him. Uh, What Russian officials have told Finland and Sweden is that it's a grave mistake to come off the fence and to join NATO and that they should have no illusions that Moscow uh, would just simply accept that sort of decision. And in another sign of Russia's diminishing support, McDonald's has confirmed it'll permanently close 850 outlets across the country, which amounts for about 9% of global sales. If you want to know a bit more about NATO, we've got a shortcut on it and it's linked to the Ukraine crisis. I'll pop a link in your episode notes so you can learn more. Back home to the election now and PM Scott Morrison appeared on the ABC's 7.30 program last night and warned inner city voters against voting independent, Claire. We haven't seen Prime Minister Scott Morrison take up many of those sorts of media opportunities in this campaign and that's why it's quite notable and is getting quite a bit of attention this morning still. Uh, What Morrison said is that inner city voters who put independent candidates ahead of the coalition uh, and its 
plan to deliver a strong economy will punish those in regional and suburban Australia. He says that they are areas that rely on the coalition's good stewardship of the economy. So inner city voters that are looking at Teal independents particularly, uh, when we're looking at Sydney and Melbourne, they are those independent candidates who are being backed by Climate 200 and are really interested in climate change action and things like an integrity commission. Morrison says that they're sort of luxuries that uh, the rest of Australia can't afford uh, when it comes to looking at making decisions about who should lead the country. He was asked if he would quit politics if the coalition was defeated or there was a hung parliament and he said, I'm not contemplating that being the scenario. Opposition leader Anthony Albanese will be at the press club tomorrow and if you're doing a last minute election sprint before polling day on Saturday, don't forget Squiz the Election. There's some great episodes there. We've covered off on the seats to watch across the country, the political teams behind the leaders and other important points like political funding and donations. You can just search for those episodes in your normal Squiz Today podcast app. Last week we talked about Chris Dawson's murder trial getting underway. He's accused of killing his wife Lynn back in 1982 and yesterday the court heard from his defence lawyer who said that while there were problems in their marriage, he didn't kill her. Yeah, we heard a bit more about what Dawson's case looks like, Uh, what his lawyers say is exactly that, that there wasn't any major issues in the marriage that would see him want to kill her. Of course, that's something that he has been accused of doing. Uh, We also heard yesterday from a neighbour who said that she did see Chris Dawson being verbally abusive towards Lynn not long before she went missing. What that witness says is that it was about uh, the teenage that he was involved with, uh, that he wanted to move her into the home and that she and Lynn had a conversation where she told Lynn that she couldn't put up with that. Yeah, and Dawson's defence lawyer said that the media's characterisation of his relationship with the girl you're referring to, she's known as JC in court, that that characterisation was monstrous and inaccurate. The trial is set to run for up to two months. News emerged last week that COVID had officially penetrated North Korea's hard border and was spreading around an unvaccinated population. And yesterday it emerged that things were grim. State media says more than 1.2 million people have fallen ill since late April and 50 have died, Claire. There's big question marks about North Korea's data and its reporting about exactly what has happened with COVID, not just with this outbreak, but throughout the whole pandemic. Uh, But taking that as it is, uh, what experts say is that there is a significant risk to North Korea's 26 million population. And that's because there's poor health services in the country, uh, as you say, very high unvaccination rates, but also North Koreans have poor underlying health. So lots of concerns and lots of offers of help. But whether North Korea will take that up is another question. Yeah, that's right. Its regional neighbours have offered to step in. First, it was China, which is battling its own COVID crisis. And yesterday, South Korea said it was willing to provide help if the North would accept it. It's a true crime story that's been captivating us here at the Squiz, Claire, and that's the tale of the 20-something Adelaide trio known as the Big Bird Bandits, who stole a Big Bird costume last year. Yesterday, they were given good behaviour bonds. 
their case has had a lot of eyeballs on it since they really did make headlines taking off with a feathered outfit, uh, Big Bird, as you say. Uh, that costume was worth $130,000. It was taken from a Sesame Street circus spectacular that was being held in an Adelaide park in April last year uh, when the trio found out exactly what they had in their possession. They did return it. They put a note of apology in Big Bird's beak. They said that they were sorry for being a big burden, spelt <laughs> B-I-R-D-E-N, oh, uh, and they said that they really had no idea that it was just a bit of a prank. Um, those bandits were caught, though, and as you say, they've gone to court. They've been given a good behaviour bond. Uh, what the magistrate, though, said was that she wasn't much amused, that it was foolish and immature. <laughs> That's right, but not worthy of going to jail over. Claire, who knew that a Big Bird outfit would be worth $130,000? Definitely not me. Squeeze the day, Claire. What's going on today that we should know about? Uh, keep an eye out after this podcast episode for our second chat with the Australian Electoral Commission. There's lots of moving pieces to this election. There's a lot of moving pieces to any election, but particularly this year uh, when we're still in a pandemic. Um, there's things to know about exactly what all of that means. You might have voted already, but for those who are planning on voting on Saturday, uh, there's a couple of things to know about how they're handling that. Yep, Saturday will be the big day that we're on the countdown for. Uh, For me today, it's the start of the Cannes Film Festival in Europe, where all the big movies are often unveiled. And on the billing is Aussie director Baz Luhrmann's new movie about Elvis Presley. So that'll be one to watch. I can't wait to see that. That's going to be a great one. It really is. Uh, And that's all from us here this morning. Have a good Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow.